0: Dewey Do, Dew, a podcast discussing wealth management and financial planning, hosted by the founder and CEO of Great Lakes Wealth, Dewey Steffen,
1: alongside radio personality, Kyle Bogey. All right, here we go. Episode 11 of the What Do We Do podcast here at Great Lakes Wealth. I'm Kyle Bogey. We got Dewey Steffen here. And that's right. If you're looking on the video, we have all the Great Lakes Wealth swag. I have Chapstick here. Dewey, thank you. Uh, I take one every time that I come in. We also have now the hand sanitizer with Great Lakes Wealth. I feel like I'm doing an infomercial right now.
0: Hey, everyone. Dewey in here. And yes, <laughs> in this uh, day and age of COVID-19, not only do you need to have uh, you know moist lips and SPF 30 on your lips, you got to have a little uh, sanitation on your uh, on your hands there. So hand sanitizer is the uh, swag du jour.
1: The only thing I'm wondering next is when am I going to get those uh, Great Lakes Wealth Pro V1s? I need a sleeve of those so well, to add to the collection right here in front of me.
0: We've been known to have a raffle here and there <laughs> for social media that got we give those away. Yes, I think you may be disqualified because of our relationship here business-wise. <laughs> However, you know, maybe we'll go play around the golf, ooh, ooh. and I think that's coming up. So maybe I'll bring you a courtesy sleeve, and you can advertise for our firm out there uh, at Indianwood. How about that?
1: Well, and maybe next week we can do a brief recap of that <laughs> round uh, out at Indianwood this week. Got a lot to do on this week's episode, uh, including a look at... market that is is really starting to rebound you know last week certainly a very good week that continued to open up uh, this week as well so we'll dive into what we saw there and Dewey I, I actually I believe I have a fact um, and you can correct me whether I'm wrong or not. I think I'm coming to the table with some some info today. Okay, so we'll get to that when we're talking about the market. Do you have any initial thoughts on that before we get to it? Oh, I'm just
0: curious. I'm like a, I'm like a kid on uh, Christmas Eve. Just now. I'm excited to find ten out ten episodes what it is.
1: in, and I feel like I'm a financial expert now. No, that's I'm kidding. Great. I'm not. Bring it when you want, and we'll see if we can uh, help. Uh, Michigan company as well, a monster company, really. Quicken Loans uh, officially uh, IPO. They are. Offering it now it's out there on the market. We'll dive into what that looks like and what exactly an initial public offering is. Do you like that? I knew what IPO was, what it stood for. IPO initial public offering. Here we go. Came out crushing. Okay, uh, let's start with, uh, with the weekend. I, I saw on social media on the Great Lakes Wealth pages, on your personal pages. You had the staff uh, over at your house for a little barbecue uh, and safely, socially distancing, of course, and all that. But really nice thing for you to do to have everyone over. I tell you what, thank
0: you for mentioning that. And it really was, you know, on the back of the um, uh, accolades we received recently from WDIV, just as important it was to get our team together to kind of just get re-energized with social distancing. And several members of our team have been working uh, remotely since uh, April, maybe March. So, as I mentioned this morning in our team meeting, it was really great just to have everyone in the same location. And we certainly um, were outside. Several members had masks on, but we were just, just ecstatic to get together, have a little fun in the summertime. One of our employees brought a... Uh, a portable knife throwing um i don't even know what you call it device a wood board frame and he had these uh these knives and we have i have a you know very nice uh backyard that um has a, a park next to it so we were it's like
1: stadium um, seating in your backyard that patio there's like there's an area here and then you go down a couple of steps there's an area there. there's a suite over there it's awesome it's great for social distancing <laughs> yeah. it's
0: fantastic so yeah so we uh we roasted marshmallows and had s'mores by the fire we um, we did a, a toast for the company and uh we Celebrated our fourth anniversary as well. Anyway, just an excuse to get out and enjoy sure. enjoy the Michigan summer on a Saturday night, and uh, it was great.
1: Let's go ahead and dive in here because this was a great week. The last week was a great week for the market, and I said that I had a little bit of knowledge. Okay, that I saw as we were getting ready to record this podcast. Um, I saw on Monday, I believe the Dow is officially back to where it was back in february is that true it is back to where it was in february absolutely (laughs) ring the bell ding ding ding
0: you got it Uh, it's actually still down on the year but Mm -hmm. so close back to even and the other major indices domestic are you know back to even or up now so you're absolutely correct this market went from the depths of despair back in march to you know the rally of all rallies At this point, you can call it for sure a V-shaped market recovery. The economic recovery of uh, the United States is still to be seen, and
1: that's a different letter than a V at this point. But um, absolutely, things are just moving higher. So I guess to get things started, then what? What I guess is most responsible for this last week, because as you said, you know, there's still a lot of things that need to happen, you know, in this country. Unemployment, you know, still a little bit of an issue, albeit it was better, you know, this past month. What went from eleven and a half percent ish to ten and a half percent ish, so it's slowly starting to go down. But what I guess triggered, you know, this last week, the last, you know, six days, essentially, in the market.
0: So there's an old adage on Wall Street. I love old adages. I know you love when I find these pieces of information and bring them to the table, right? This one is called, the market will climb the wall of worry. Make any sense? Okay. Markets climb walls of worry. Mm -hmm. Make sense? Yeah. So what that means is as there is this issue, that issue, this thing, oh no, oh no, I don't know what to do. Are you kidding me? It can't, it can't, it can't. It will just continue to grind higher. Higher, And because the Wall Street is in short term running off of headlines, but long term based upon economic output or expected economic output, you sometimes have a situation where in front of you, it looks like there's challenges, but in front of you even further are these opportunities. So climbing the wall of worry, the market a week ago Monday was worried that there was not a new fiscal stimulus bill and the other one had expired, right? And right now, Congress is debating and arguing about what will be the next bill, the HEROES Act or whatever it's going to be. We'll find out hopefully sometime soon. So with that, the market started the day down. And then whether it's some movement and other, you know, indices that are not moving the same direction as the markets, you had a situation where strength upon strength upon strength. And it's been a rotation. I'll tell you about a little rotation that's happening in a moment. But on the surface, you now have, again, the Dow had a wonderful week last week of up 3.80%. The S&P was up 2.45%. And the NASDAQ also was up 2.47%. The international index as well, which we call the MSCI fee was also up to and change at 2.31 so across the board you had equity markets climbing the wall of worry
1: uh, we'll get to the, the rotation that you, you just mentioned right there in just a second. But something that's near and dear to my heart now that, uh, you know, sports are back and we can certainly dive into a little bit of the college football discussion. Going to be a wild week, it looks like, between the Big Ten and all these Power Five conferences. We'll do that a little bit later on uh, in the podcast. But one particular industry, the sports betting, gambling, you know, casino industry over the last few days, you know, business days when the market was open, just... Skyrocketed. I got to believe a lot of that just has to do with the NBA's playing all day, the NHL's playing all day, the NFL is coming up soon. Sports are kind of back, albeit they look very differently. Just been an unbelievable run for them.
0: Yes, but as you say that, if you checked the same news today that you found out about the Dow and where it is, you would have seen that DraftKings, one of those companies, was down substantially um, on the. So it
1: just depends on which one you're looking at. Because
0: as you're going to talk <laughs> about, there may be a delay at least until spring for college, or even the pro sports may have again some situational, you know, issues to deal with. Mm-hmm. So. It's, again, day of headlines, one day up, one day down. But today, you also have the casino stocks, primarily MGM Grand, that uh, announced that took a stake. And so, um, that bodes well for that entire space as well
1: okay so you mentioned a a rotation uh you teased that so what exactly did you mean when you said that
0: yes so i'm going to talk real quick about some of the uh the indices and their year-to-date numbers so i mentioned how they were last week but year-to-date and this is where the rotation's kind of coming in okay um the nasdaq which we've talked about before is you know tech heavy and it's been the leader through um you know all of 2020, is up 22% on the year, 22% year to date, okay? And Amazing. we talked about how it's really five or six stocks in there that are carrying the weight of that load. However, the index is up 22%, okay? Okay next is the s&p 500 it's up four percent now right and it was down and you know it's the broader barometer but it is now up four percent on the year how is is that possible
1: right honestly in the year that we've had that that seems stunning to me for somebody who doesn't know a whole lot about that industry
0: well and we're going to get into it in the next several episodes for sure For sure. And the third major index, which you referenced earlier, the Dow, it's actually still down on the year. It's down 2% on the year. So it's getting ever so close back to even. And again, remember, all these indices were at their all-time highs in January to early February of this year, except for the NASDAQ, which keeps breaking new highs every single day now. But all that to say, up 22% for the NASDAQ down 2% for the Dow, okay? Now, if you were a shorter-term investor or someone who goes with that other adage we've talked about, bird in the hand versus two in the bush, you might want to think about selling some of your tech stocks and buying some of those deep, cyclical industrial names that might be in the Dow, right? So if something's up 22%, something else is still down 2%, maybe you sell a little to buy a little bit, and you might do this based upon valuations. Hey, I want to buy low, right? Others may say, no, 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 we stick with growth, and we talked about that in one of the prior episodes. Mm-hmm. So there are people that are telling you, stick with the NASDAQ, why would you waste your time with the Dow? Others that we actually see um, in the last few days, Friday, the Dow and the S&P were up, the NASDAQ was down. Monday, the S&P and the Dow were up, the NASDAQ was down. So whether it's just two days or not, we are absolutely seeing rotation out of some of those high-flyer techs into more of the, uh, the S&P and, and really the Dow type of stocks.
1: Are you seeing a little bit more of that right now, the, the selling, you know, that – I guess if the NASDAQ is so far up selling a little bit and essentially quote unquote taking some of your profits, you know, to allocate that money elsewhere and try to make more money by investing into different places, is that essentially what you're saying? So that's
0: essentially what I'm saying. And it doesn't mean that we're recommending that. It doesn't mean that we're not recommending that. That's just, we're just telling you what, what we're seeing. Mm-hmm. And you could understand why some would do that, but we can also definitely understand why You know, a lot of these tech stocks are up. You know, on average, 22% per year, or you know, the indexes anyway. And why there's more to go. So it all depends on your approach to investing. And we've said again in in a prior podcast, there are all types of strategies, thousands of investment strategies. You need to find yours or the ones that you're going to use, and you just need to stick to the disciplined approach, whatever that is. But you are seeing this rotation, like I said, at least the last few days.
1: Anything else, or you know, any industries in particular that caught your eye? over the last week that really were, were one of the reasons perhaps that, you know, things just kind of jumped up?
0: Kyle, I don't know if you're throwing me a softball, a meatball. I don't know if you just know that I love all things gold, baby. <laughs> and gold is above 2,000 an ounce. Gold is up like 34% on the year. That's gold bullion, right? We talked about bullion oh, yeah. in a prior yep. episode. So we see gold is shining bright. Silver actually as a second dairy, precious metal, Mm -hmm. is also moving um, higher in the last week. So that is actually a positive and a negative. So if you take gold, so the answer to your question is yes, gold, for sure. Sure. The other one is the 10-year treasury note. So we talked about with income investing on a a prior episode, Mm -hmm. right, about income investing. We talked about 10-year government bonds, or known as notes, 10-year government notes, that you know, they were at one point not too long ago, 2% a year. You get 2% a year on your money with a government 10 year note, right? Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Now it's down to you put your money in a 10 year guaranteed note or bond, if you want to call it that, from the government, you'll get a whopping 0.56% per year. Guaranteed on your money. Guaranteed. You don't got to worry about a thing there, Bogey. <laughs> put it in. Put Again, put a million bucks in some treasuries, and you're going to get $5,600 a
1: year. Before taxes, where where can I do this? Guaranteed, can I, can I write a check right now for you, that million dollars and just give it to you and you, you take care made,
0: of it? You could have made three point eight percent in just last week in the Dow if you would have again timed it properly and had it happen correctly. Right, there's obviously risk with that, but it's the point, tough to do. Yeah, we're we're, we're kind of having a little fun with it, but <laughs> here's the reality: if you have gold, which we also talk about, is a hedge against a bunch of things, a hedge against economic calamities, a hedge against inflation, a hedge against all kinds of things that we don't want to you know, have in the investing world, typically. And then you have treasuries that are at a, such a low interest rate. That means that people are demanding them. People want treasuries. They're buying treasuries, even though the interest rate, they're lowering it to try to keep people away from them, right? So, if the interest rate's low on a treasury, you're not going to put your money there. You're going to do something else. But people are still Putting money into U.S. Treasuries. So, gold high, treasury rates low, meaning the price is high. That may be telling you that there are some things going on beneath the surface that some are preparing for. And we've said this all along. Sell in May and go away Mm -hmm. because nothing good happens until after Labor Day. So far, we've been dead wrong with that. The market's been going up every day since memorial day right so anyway that's kind of a quick overview of what's happening and we're going to be paying very close attention we have had earnings basically are done now for this uh, for the second quarter and we're now looking at again treasuries some other company um information and um headlines and whatever else towards getting into the fall the election cycles coming into into play so there's a lot to talk about a lot more to uh to keep us busy the next few months
1: all right, I want to switch gears here because this is one of the largest companies, and you know, really, I mean, Quicken Loans has just been an absolute monster. What Dan Gilbert, you know, has been able to create the uh, the employees, the infrastructure, you know, the amount of people that have jobs, you know, just here in this surrounding area um, because of Quicken Loans. Well, they announced their you know IP. Now, when when did they actually go public? How long ago was that? Not not too long ago, right?
0: They actually went public on Thursday last okay. Thursday
1: and as far as the the initial IPO what did it look like was it less than you expected was it about what you expected I guess what were your initial thoughts on Quicken officially you know becoming a publicly traded company
0: well first before we do that let's take a step back and let's explain to our podcast listeners maybe even you bogey oh I yeah what an IPO is I'm here to learn Question for you. What does IPO stand for? Did we talk about that in the very beginning? Initial public offering. Yes, ding, ding, ding. Ring that bell again. (laughs) Rewind the tape. He got it. (laughs) So, an initial public offering is when a private company goes public, Mm. right? Hence the name. And um, there are several reasons why a company would go public. The largest and probably the most pronounced reason is to have access to capital. So, all the people that buy the stock. Pre IPO, before it goes public, Mm -hmm. are investing at a guaranteed price that they will pay. And all that money, except for fees and other, you know, whatever the the proceeds from the offering are going to go to, go in some sort to the company. And so that's a way that they can raise capital. In this case of um, Rocket Mortgage, which actually changed their name, or they cons- uh, combine their names. If you're familiar, yeah. Quicken Loans, mm-hmm. Rocket uh, Mortgage, they actually have something like 100 names. Maybe the number's not quite that high, but they have at least dozens of companies within the company. Yeah. So the official name for the publicly traded entity is Rocket Companies. Rocket Companies, and the ticker symbol is R. KT and that's on the New York Stock Exchange, and so they uh, came up with a pre-IPO price of eighteen dollars a share, and so that was the price before it started trading on Thursday. Thursday, uh, once it started trading, it went down from eighteen down to seventeen fifty for maybe for the first ten minutes, quick, and then boom, it was off. Here's a cliche Like a rocket Boom (laughs) And uh, I think it closed Something around $21 that day And change Up something like 15 almost 20% In the first day Again You want to be In the money In the bank uh, In the treasury For uh, 10 years But in this case The stock had a very successful first day of its uh,
1: public debut. Is there, I guess, are there reasons why, you know, say, you know, you you debut uh, on the market, you come out at say, you know, twelve dollars a share, you know, what what Rocket did, eighteen dollars a share, and it immediately shoots down or it immediately shoots up? Would, Would there be? Could it be overvalued potentially? You know, what the initial public offering is? Could it be undervalued or what? I guess, what are the reasons, I suppose, behind it going up or going down initially, right out of the gate? Thank
0: <sighs> you. A very good question. There's a lot of different answers, and they're all dependent. There have been IPOs, well, let's say, you know, company X, Y, and Z, whatever that might be, might have had an IPO at 18, and the very first trade might have been $30, way above the offering price, and then it kind of keeps going up. And and so, it's based on the immediate valuation, you know, that day or the day before, or once it starts trading. Other ones, um, notably Facebook.
1: I was just going right, to bring that up, yeah. The,
0: that IPO, I think, in the uh, low four. And then over a year period, you know, Traded lower, below 30, down to the low 20s. So, you know, it might have lost half of its value, and then boom, here we are now. You know, it's uh, you know, it's a juggernaut up there with incredible returns in the last you know five years or ten years. Another one's more recent would be Uber and Lyft. They IPO'd I believe last fall, and um, they have you know gone down since their initial public offering. So again, it's a it's a stock by stock situation. Most IPOs in in a in an active market will do well, but again, each individual situation is different based mm-hmm. upon the number of shares, the amount of ownership that they're giving up by going public. And keep in mind, again, a stock, when it's public and you buy a share, you have one share ownership in that company. So it is an opportunity for individual investors uh, or investors that are not associated with that company while it's private to now you know have a ownership stake in that company. Make sense?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Would you... I mean, you're obviously, you know, you advise people, you know, all the time. You know, this is certainly what you do. If your company, say, you know, certain amount of stocks, whatever you want to buy, and I'm sure they give, you know, employees potentially a 10, 15 percent, whatever it might be to buy, it's a case-by-case, you know, basis. But is that something you do advise, investing in your own company, buying some shares?
0: That is a subject that it's it's also case-by-case. It's a lot case, of layers, yeah. A lot of layers. We would tell any investor that you better be diversified, and whether you have an opportunity to invest in your own company stock, at the current price, at a discount price, there's a lot of other factors that have to go into it. Um, sometimes the stock is locked up, they call it, or you can't trade it. You have to buy it, but you have to promise or you're, you know, you're locked from selling it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't even sell it. Something were to happen, good or bad. So, again, we, I really don't want to get into sure. weeds about yep. um, investing in specific IPOs. But in the case of uh, rocket companies, I will tell you that they raised $1.8 billion. On Thursday,
1: So that's amazing. And I guess we'll wrap that up and we'll get to a little college football discussion just because I'm, I'm intrigued by it. But the timing of their IPO, what do you personally make of that? Because you, you did say, you know, that this was a chance where you can get some capital, essentially, and, you know, be able to get uh, that cash. Would this lead you to believe that there's something else coming that they're going to be like, what, what do you think the reasoning was to do it now, I suppose?
0: Again, I'm sure they have um, f- official press releases out, that I'm sure, again, in their uh, filings, it mentions all the reasons why. So I certainly am not one to speculate on that, mm. and I haven't read through sure. all those documents. But at the end of the day, common sense would tell you that interest rates are at an all-time low. The mortgage business is booming like it's never boomed yeah. before. So the opportunity to get capital to invest and then grow and do other things, it makes a lot of sense in that regard. When you take your company from private to public, you do give up a lot. You have to now have quarterly stated earnings. And you again, you're responsible now as a public company under the microscope of all the regulatory agencies, including the SEC, etc. So they didn't do it for just some random reason of, hey, we're all bored, nothing else to do. Why don't we just go IPO? <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? So yeah, uh, yeah congratulations to them. Yeah. Uh, as I'm going to leave you with this. Just came to my head. Bear with me, okay? I love at off Gre- the cuff. At Great Lakes Wealth, we say Wall Street solutions with Main Street values. You familiar with that?
1: Absolutely. Okay, well, I've heard that I- once or twice. Yeah,
0: well, I was driving down 96 and I saw a billboard that said from Woodward to Wall Street, rocket companies. <laughs> Very similar tagline to what we got going here. Main Street to Wall Street, they're going Woodward to Wall Street. I mean, hey, congratulations to Dan Gilbert, the entire team over there at Quicken, Rocket Mortgage, and the rest of the Rocket companies. Booyah. Hi, this is Dewey Steffen, CEO of Great Lakes Wealth. At Great Lakes Wealth, we believe that now, more than ever, it's so important to support our local economy. As a local business ourselves, we are dedicated to helping other small businesses not just survive, but thrive. There are several ways that we can all support our community. Order takeout or curbside delivery, buy a gift card and use it later. Tip service workers extra, add local goods to your grocery list, visit online stores and shop. Today, more than ever, local businesses need our help. They are the heartbeat of our community. Let's all do what we can as many hands make for light work. Thanks for listening. And I hope you enjoy the rest of the show.
1: All right, so let's go ahead and shift gears here. And again, if you want more information, uh, you want to simply learn a little bit more about, you know, what Great Lakes Wealth does, you can certainly check out the website. There is a vast amount of information and reading for you on there, greatlakeswealth.us. So obviously, it's going to be a volatile fall as it pertains to the market. It's an election year. You know, who knows what is going to happen here over the next several months it's also going to be an incredibly volatile fall for sports. And, you know, the NFL has been, gosh, they have been all about the idea of playing this season. And they're going to make it happen. Yeah, sure, you have, you know, some guys opting out, and, you know, some guys are going to sit and, you know, protect their families, and that's. Incredible stuff. Totally respect those decisions. The NFL, I think, is going to be fine, though. We've seen the bubbles with the NBA work. The NHL just came out. I think 8,500 tests, not one positive with the two bubbles that they have. So things have been going very, very smoothly with that. PGA Tour doing a nice job. The one area that I have been concerned with from the beginning was college football because you're not talking about paid professionals. You're talking about student athletes unpaid individuals individuals that need to be protected on these campuses because let's be honest they go on campus universities can do whatever you know necessary to try and prevent anything from happening prevent an outbreak all of that but it does leave them open to lawsuits if a student gets sick if a student heaven forbid ends up dying There could be lawsuits up the yin-yang for millions and millions, and we know these institutions have that. You know, we've seen that over the years. So I always wondered how they could possibly make it happen. Selfishly? I want to see it. You want to see it.
0: So I'm going to give you the old crystal ball. and okay. tell you that I got a little piece of news hot off the presses that I need you to confirm. I like this. Okay? Last week and the week before, we were talking about college football and that it would be back, and it was just the Big Ten playing the Big Ten, mm-hmm. and Notre Dame had to join a conference so they would have no games yeah. with anybody, right? And we were kind of kidding around. But to that question, I heard that today. Please confirm yes. that the Big Ten had a vote, and it was 12-2 to 2 in, in regards to to something can you can you
1: fill me in so the free press reported that essentially big 10 schools turned down having a season on a 12 to 2 vote okay so uh, reportedly there were two schools that said no we we need to play we want to play we don't support this reportedly 12 schools said we're not having a season that's where we stand not long after that Another report essentially came out saying nothing had been voted on, nothing had been decided. You know, that's not happening. And I I found it fascinating that basically all day, you know, on Monday, you had Jim Harbaugh come out and release a lengthy statement, um, not necessarily pushing for, uh, you know, the season to happen because he just wants to play and all that and he's not paying attention, but pushing for it because Michigan has gone to great lengths to protect the student athletes. They've had a very limited amount of positive tests and making the case that inside the football facility and around, they are being safe essentially as safe as you know can possibly be whereas if they don't have a season these student athletes are going to just be among the student population and they're going to be attending classes and they're going to be going to parties and they're going to be crammed into dorms so is it safer for you know these players to do that or is it safer for them to essentially be in a quote-unquote bubble inside the football facility and playing on saturdays this fall That's a question, I guess, for people that may have other answers. But the Michigan football program, very much out there about wanting to play. Ohio State, very much out there wanting to play. And, you know, you saw several prominent college football players come out uh, late Sunday night, hashtag we want to play. Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback from Clemson, kind of being one of those, uh, you know, leaders, I suppose, wanting college football to be played. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not optimistic about it. Um, I, I, the Big Ten clearly, I think, wants to pull the plug. Pac-12 wants to pull the plug. But the SEC has come out, and the you know commissioner of the SEC, Greg Sankey, he essentially said, hey, we're going to continue to monitor it. No, no reason to make a decision right now. The SEC, I think, definitely wants to go out there and play. So you're getting... Much like we've seen in a lot of different areas, different regions of the country, you know, and in, in hot spots, maybe they don't want to play or maybe they do want to play in areas, say, in Michigan, where it's been a little bit, you know, we've been very cautious and, and, and safe. They maybe don't want it. There's just there's a lot of different factors that are at play. And I, I think it ultimately leads to football season not happening, but I want to see it happen.
0: Bogey, is there a situation where the Big Ten can say, we're going to push it back and we'll play spring, but the SEC no. can say, nah, we're going to play this fall. Can they all just, each conference, do their own thing?
1: I, I They can try. I, I don't. And, and this speaks to the ineptitude of the NCAA. There needs to be a governing body that actually wants to get involved and make big boy decisions, but the NCAA doesn't want to do that. I digress. The SEC, of course, will want to do that, but is it really a college football season if it's just the SEC and the ACC and the Big 12? No. That's, that's a lame a lame college football season. So I hope the Power 5 conferences can come to an agreement on what they'll do and how they'll, you know, go about making this entire thing happen. But it's it's just a bizarre set of circumstances in all honesty.
0: Didn't we decide that there is some date a hard
1: date it has to be decided or thought so they're practicing right now. At least they were up until, you know, what was going on. So the next couple of weeks I think will be critical in figuring out what they do, but I, I simply just don't think a football season is going to be, be feasible as much as I desperately want that to happen.
0: So here's what we're going to do. Yes. We're going to continue to have a podcast a week until this is decided. Love it. We can share with our listeners all the update information Perfect. as it comes.
1: Absolutely. How does that sound? That sounds like a plan. Fantastic. All right. Uh, that'll do it for uh, episode 11 of the What Do We Do podcast covered a lot of good ground, I think, there. we got a lot more to come here over the next month uh, as summer, I can't believe it's already winding down. It really is. Uh, if you want to uh, find out more information, again, go to GreatLakesWealth.us uh, to check out what Dewey and his wonderful team do here. Uh, and, of course, continue to download, subscribe, share, uh, you know, follow us, uh, Great Lakes Wealth, certainly on all their social channels, and the What Do We Do podcast as well. Signing off. Have a great week. See you next time. We're just getting started advice from a licensed professional.